You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Steven Simcox here with you on New Year's Eve. It is a Thursday, December 31st. Not sure there has ever been a more anticipated uh, change of the calendar in my lifetime. I know a lot of people are looking for a fresh start, new start in 2021. Um, thanks for tuning in today on the holiday weekend. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll start the show by talking about TCU basketball. The men were in action on Wednesday night. They pick up a victory uh, in a game that was Probably closer than most expected, but they do get the win over Prairie View A&M, so we'll discuss that. We'll also uh, talk about some of these Big 12 bowl games. I feel like the conference um, is doing a nice job of sort of making a statement here in bowl season, uh, and I, I want to discuss what happened between Oklahoma and Florida and some of the uh, comments that are already coming out making excuses for the Gators. It's typical. It's sort of like clockwork, but I do want to touch on that a little bit. And then finally, um, we're going to start a series. I, I might get through the whole offense today. We'll just sort of see how it goes, but I want to grade each position group for TCU football and how they did in 2020. So we'll cover all that ground in today's episode, but let's start with TCU basketball. They get a victory over Prairie View A&M 66-61 on Wednesday night. Um, they were 19-point favorites coming into this game. That was the line. They obviously did not cover that. It was a, a very close game. It was a one-possession game in back and forth for, for the majority of the time. Mike Miles had 18 points, but uh, he didn't have a really good shooting night. Four of 18 from the floor. He was eight of nine from the free throw line, and that was where he scored most of his points on the night. Uh, the team overall only shot 37%. They shot 25% from three. Worth noting, R.J. Nimhard, who's been their most consistent player, I think, all year long, most consistent scorer, was out with a groin injury. Uh, don't really know all the details there. Did not know he was scratching if I saw Drew Davidson tweet that a couple minutes before tip-off. So I'm hoping that's just, uh, hey, maybe coming back from Christmas break, um, getting back, getting your legs back under you, you tweak it and – it's, they're sort of just sitting him out of precaution. But if he's out for an extended period of time, I think you saw tonight, uh, RJ really makes that offense go. Mike Miles, you know, I, I expect him to have better nights than four of 18 shooting. Uh, most times he hits the floor, but still, it's worth noting, um, RJ helps him out. He helps everybody out. And you're sort, of, you're sort of seeing a concerning trend with this team. Now, non-conference play is basically all but over at this point, so – um, maybe it's just a factor of playing down to their competition, but they've just they've had multiple of these uh, sort of squeak by close calls. North Dakota State's a pretty good team, so I, I won't give them too much flack for that. And they eventually did pull away. And then there was another game, and I feel like it was against another uh, SWAC team that they took on um, and just didn't play super well. They were within ten for most of it, and just had a tough night offensively and defensively. So I'm not sure what that's about. I mean, they did go ahead and get that win against Oklahoma State um, on the road. So that's encouraging. And I think there's still a lot of potential for this group. But you see, when they have an off night shooting the basketball, 
Um, it's just tough because they don't have a lot of guys that can really score. I mean, R.J. Nimhard is, is your leading scorer. Mike Miles is, is a guy that can go. He can really score as well. And then once you get past those two guys, it, it drops off significantly. And I don't understand, and I saw um, – Frogs of War, that, that account tweeting from it. I, I assume it was probably Melissa that was covering that game, but I don't know for sure. Um, I, I don't get why they can't get Kevin Samuel involved. And it's something I've touched on a few times. But, I mean, he, he's a monster down low. Now, does he have, like, just uh, an amazing array of post moves? No, I haven't really seen that repertoire from Kev. But he can score, and especially in a game like that against Prairie View, like nobody is going to match his size or his skill set. So you have to feed him down low and let him go to work. Now, he was 6-9. I mean, he was very efficient when he got touches and had 12 points on the night. But, again, only nine shots. Um, you, just, you have to force feed those guys, especially in matchups like that, where Kevin's going to have a huge size advantage over anybody that Prairie View can throw on the floor. Uh, so the Frogs, they play Kansas State at 1 o'clock on Saturday. And it's another team similar to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State that's sort of sitting in the middle in to bottom of that league to uh, to start the season. That's where they're projected is what I'm talking about. So um, it's it's a good chance to get a victory. And I'll tell you, this, this basketball schedule, after you play uh, Kansas State, it ramps up significantly. So I, I think this is a pretty key game just for this team to get some confidence under them, to continue to get their legs under them as they get back into a rhythm. But once you get past that K-State game, you get Kansas, uh, who is number three in the country, Baylor number two in the country. Then you have your second go-around with Oklahoma, who beat you at home earlier this this year, the number nine West Virginia, number 13 Texas Tech, number eight Texas, number three Kansas, and number 12 Mizzou. Like, my goodness, that is just an absolute gauntlet of a schedule after that K-State game. So a good chance for TCU to get a victory um, to sort of solidify themselves and, and get to two and one in conference play before you just hit an absolute uh, meat grinder of a couple weeks. Um so hopefully RJ's okay. I, I think that's maybe the biggest storyline going into Saturday. Can RJ Nimhard play? And if he doesn't, where does your scoring come from? Is Mike Miles able to, uh, you know, bounce back and and play better than he did tonight? He still ends up with 18 points. Like I appreciate his aggressiveness getting to the line, but can he shoot more efficiently? Can he play better? Um, that that's what I want to see. And then can you get Kevin Samuel involved? Can you get Kevin Easley involved? Somebody else is going to have to step up if RJ's out. Uh, was Mike's struggles tonight just a factor of going up against, you know, maybe the other team's best defender who would typically be matched up with RJ, but just on this given night they matched up with uh, Mike Miles. Overall, though, the Frogs get a win. I mean, I'm not going to complain too much about it. They squeak out a victory 66-61 at home against Texas Southern. Coming up next, let's talk some Big 12 bowl games. We'll do that on the other side of the break. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But before we talk about those Big 12 bowl games, speaking of bowl games, if you've been watching them, if you've been locked in uh, – during the bowl season, even these sort of lower tier, these games between group of five schools, why don't you look and, and try to find a way to make some money? Go to betonline.ag. Again, that's betonline.ag. And betonline's great. It, it's your sports book sports books experts, excuse me, and they have NFL games of the week. They have the top college games across the nation, and then they also just have the latest headlines in sports if you want to get some information um, on who's injured, who's, who's in, who's out, that kind of thing. 
But if you use the promo code locked on at betonline.ag, you can get a 50% welcome bonus. 50% welcome bonus. They'll just throw something your way. Maybe you can try it out, gamble a little bit, try to make yourself some money. That's betonline.ag, your online sports books experts. Betonline.ag, go there today, try to make yourself some cash. Locked on Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you. It is New Year's Eve. Appreciate you joining me. Um, let's talk about some Big 12 bowl games, and I want to start with what went down tonight. And we're, we're already seeing the excuses start to flow from the SEC. And I know if you're a Big 12 football fan, that might not shock you. But uh, Florida and OU matched up tonight, and OU – I mean, they just curb-stomped the Gators. They win 55-20. to 20. Now, it's worth noting, Oklahoma finishes the season at 9-2, and two, um, and they just went on a, a unholy hot streak after losing that game to Iowa State. But OU wins 55-20, to 20, and, uh, yeah, the Gators were not at full strength tonight. They weren't. They had a number of guys opt out, uh, most notably Kyle Pitts, who's going to be the first tight end taken in the draft. He might be a top-five draft pick. Uh, I believe their top three wide receivers, including Kyle Pitts, also didn't play. They had some injuries. They had some um, players dealing with COVID. So they were, I mean, they were teetering on the edge of, of not being able to, to field the team to get out there. I think they had 60 scholarship players available. Um, so that's significant, right? And, and I'll give them that. Florida, uh, they had a number of guys that had decided, hey, I want to test the NFL waters. Um, I'm not going to play in this game, or I know I'm going to the NFL. I'm not going to play in this game. They had some injury concerns. Understandable. All that being said, Florida talked a lot of mess going into this game. One of their linebackers, and I forgot his name, and my apologies, but he said, I mean, this is like a direct quote. He said, yeah, this is going to be a good matchup, but it's Oklahoma. They're not an SEC team. We're going to roll them. And I think that's the expectation for most SEC fans is that the Big 12 is this lesser-than league that can't compete with the big, bad Southeastern Conference. Well, tonight, I know they had a lot of people out, but Kyle Trask, who was a Heisman candidate, really, really good player, had a fantastic season. He was out there playing. He threw three picks in the first quarter. OU ran, had two uh, players run for over 100 yards. Ramondre Stevenson ran for 186 yards tonight. They imposed their will on the offense and defensive lines which is not something you typically say about a Big 12 football team when, uh, when they're facing an SEC foe. Uh, Marcus Major had 110 yards tonight for OU. They had 435 yards rushing. Listen to that again. Oklahoma had 435 yards rushing against a big, bad SEC defense tonight. After the game, Dan Mullen said that that Alabama game was basically the last game that they played. Because they had so many guys out. That's such an excuse, man. That is such a lame excuse. If a Big 12 team did that, if they went out and just got rolled by an SEC opponent, even if they were undermanned, if Lincoln Riley came out and said, hey, you know, we basically played our last game against Iowa State. We weren't worried about this. We thought we'd be in the playoff. We weren't, so we weren't, you know, we weren't concerning ourselves with winning this football game. He would get absolutely killed. And that conference gets a pass, and I don't understand why. Now, listen, is Alabama the class of college football? Yes. They are. I mean, maybe you think it's Clemson, but I think Alabama's been more consistent. Does the SEC have some really good teams at the top of their conference? They do. Georgia has been a very good program 
under Kirby Smart. Mark Rick had them at a certain level, and Kirby Smart stepped in there and got them over the hump. LSU. They weren't very good this year. They had one of the best teams I've ever seen last season. Uh, the SEC West is tough, but I think this year specifically, it was sort of down. And, you know, Florida took Alabama to the wire not too long ago. And I get it. They had a lot of guys opt out. They had a lot of guys that didn't play. But give credit to the Big 12. Give credit to OU for stepping in there and being at almost full strength, having most of their guys go full throttle and get it done against a very talented Florida team. Because we always hear about the depth of the SEC, the recruiting, how a four- or five-star player goes down who's a starter and then his backup comes in and he's also a highly recruited player. Well, okay. That depth didn't look good last night. It didn't look good last night when Florida got steamrolled. So let's give credit to the Sooners for getting it done uh, as they defeat Florida 55-20. to Also, Oklahoma State takes down Miami 37-34. De'Eric King got hurt in that game. Looks like he might have had a torn ACL. Really unfortunate to see that. But uh, the Pokes played well. They jumped out to an early lead and held on. Spencer Sanders had four touchdown passes. And they did that. They won that game without uh, Chuba Hubbard. Tylen Wallace did play a half. He didn't play the whole game. And Texas wins 55-23 to over Colorado. And get ready, folks. If Sam Ellinger does end up leaving, Casey Thompson came in that game in the second half because Sam was out with a shoulder injury. And he looked really good. He was slinging it around the yard. He was throwing it down the field. Uh, he also has some mobility. They're running some option plays with him. He looks like a really good quarterback. So the hype train for Texas might be at some pretty ignorant levels this offseason because um, he looked good. He did. And Bajon Robinson is an absolute star. Like, it is criminal that Tom Herman did not get him more touches. Robinson, their freshman running back, he ran all over Colorado's defense. And it's just every time he touches the ball, it looks like he's going to go to the house. He's something else. So, UT defeats Colorado. Oklahoma takes down Florida. Oklahoma State takes down uh, Miami. And it just makes me really disappointed that we can't watch the Frogs take on Arkansas tonight. Because the Big 12 is putting up a good showing in bowl season. They are. Now, will they get a lot of credit for it from the national media? I'm doubtful. But they're equipping themselves really well. And I wish, I just wish tonight we could turn on the TV or if you were headed down to NRG Stadium to watch the Frogs, you could get in your seat and watch TCU take down a 3-7 and seven Arkansas team. Because after I saw what happened between Oklahoma and Florida tonight, maybe I'm just prisoner of the moment, but it felt like, man, that that TCU-Arkansas game, that might have been a chance for TCU to put it on the hogs. But alas, we're not going to get to see that because of COVID protocols and COVID issues. And, um, man, it's just too bad. It's too bad. Two seasons without a bowl game. They made a bowl game this year. They just couldn't get to the bowl game. And, and it's frustrating, but glad they're keeping the players safe. One more segment coming your way. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment on Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, don't forget, I haven't said this this week, but you can always subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to me, you can subscribe to the show. And I'd appreciate if you do that because um, that way it gets sent straight to your phone. So it's really convenient whenever I post it and most weeks I post, I try to get these up at midnight. Um, this week I've been recording in the mornings because I'm not at my house. I'm, I'm with some family, so my, my schedule is just a little bit off. So it's been closer to 6 or 7 a.m. when I've gotten the show up. 
But next week it should return to, to me putting the show up at midnight. And it just downloads directly to your phone. So you wake up if you want to listen to it on your way to work, on your way to the gym, or if you know you want to listen to it at night um, as you're falling asleep. I've been known to put people to sleep before <laughs> with, with my droning on. Uh, or whatever, whenever, wherever, you can just have it. And it's just there on your phone. It downloads so you can click on it, listen to it. Um, and it, it's really convenient and easy. And also, if, you, if you'd like to, if you'd be so inclined to review the show on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great because that's just an easy way people that aren't familiar with it, if they stumble upon it, they see, oh, this person has a certain number of five-star, four-star reviews. Let me see uh, what they like about the pod. Um, and that's that's just good good marketing. And also, if you if you like the show and you just want to tell a friend, that's a great way to sort of grow the show as well. If you say, hey, I've been listening to this TCU podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Um, that's a good way to sort of spread the show as well. Trying to grow this thing. been doing it for a couple of months. I, I'm really appreciative to anyone who's given it a chance as we roll into 2021. I will not do I will not have a show tomorrow. Uh, Locked on has given us the day off, so I'm going to take it. So only three shows this week. Sorry about that. Just sort of happened that way. But typically, you know, starting uh, starting on Tuesday, we'll go Tuesday through Friday, and then the next week it'll be – or excuse me, starting on Monday, we'll go Monday through Friday, and then the next week it'll be Monday through Friday, and we'll just do that from here on out. We'll get back to our five-day-a-week schedule. As we hurtle towards basketball season, because football season – uh, has unfortunately come to an end now for a fro- for the Frogs and we head to the offseason. Okay, so I'm going to start this, and I'll just do this as long as I need to. Um, I'll, I'll sort of see where the time takes me and what my time constraints are, but I wanted to grade each position group for TCU football. Um, and I'll start with the quarterbacks, and I'm going to give the quarterbacks a, uh, a B-. minus. So it's for a couple reasons. One, um, I really like Max Duggan, I do. Now, I still have some questions about him, but I like I like him as a player. I think he's he's obviously a great competitor, really good with his legs, can make plays with his arms too. But, you know, I, I've talked about it at length, so I won't spend a good amount of time on it. But we know what sort of happened in the middle of the season. They just went through this stretch where they refused to throw the football. So that was concerning. I didn't like that. Um, I still think from that quarterback position and from Max specifically, there is a lack of efficiency in the passing game that really holds this team back at times. It limits this team, and maybe that all falls back on the play calling. I think we we might get a better idea of that this year. Um, But whatever the reason, it's, it's disturbing to me that they haven't been able to figure out a better way to get the ball out of his hands and get the ball to these playmakers uh, in an efficient and effective way. I mean, it's just it, it seems like the, the offense is very vanilla. What they're trying to do is really cut and dry. They're going to throw some bubble screens, some quick game stuff, and then they'll take deep shots over the top, and that's about it. So is it just Max hasn't had a ton of time still in the system? Because, you know, he had his whole freshman year, but then – Spring ball got cut short. Meacham comes in, so who knows how much the offense really changed, the verbiage and all that. And he was out with the heart condition for most of most of the summer camp too. So um, he didn't get a lot of practice with the team until the season actually started. And towards the end of the year, I think you saw that he got better. But I, I still feel like there's a lot of improvement to be had there. And then also, I'm factoring in just the depth. The TCU quarterback room is a mess. 
Now, it might get better this year with some reinforcements they have coming in and recruiting. Sam Jackson, Alexander Hoyne, and Trent Battle, all freshmen that will be in this incoming class. But Matthew Downing, and I mean, like, it's not his fault. We saw what happened in the Iowa State game. He he sort of kept them in that one. And then against K-State, I mean, it was it was just evident. When he when he got under center against K State, uh, oh man, we we can't take Max out of this game. Like if if Max is anywhere close to healthy, he's got to stay on the field because Downing just can't cut it. And maybe that's unfair to him, um, but you know, backups don't get the benefit of the doubt. They don't get a lot of opportunities. And when we did see Matthew Downing, it, it just wasn't really effective. Um, now we move on to our running backs, and I'm going to give this group an A. I mean, the, the only complaint I have about our running backs is, is a coaching issue, which is I just wish they would have stuck with somebody more. But I, I get the temptation to when you have so many good, talented players say, all right, let's, let's switch this out and keep guys fresh and try to run the rock and punish these defenses. Zach Evans looks like a star. Uh, Darwin Barlow is a really good back. Kendra Miller was maybe their best back early in the season. And – Amari DiMercato is a veteran. He's a smart player. Um, He's very reliable as well. (laughs) So, they're fantastic. I mean, like, do I wish they would have stuck with one guy more? Yes. I I wish Zach Evans would have got more touches. And he finally did towards the end of the season. And I think, again, that was a factor of Zach just didn't get a lot of time to practice. And once he just sort of got in a rhythm of practicing every week, he became the lead guy. And I feel like he's going to be your lead back next year. And Barlow will sort of sub in and out in, you know, some rotation of Miller and DiMercato, depending on the situation. But I'm giving this running backs group an A. And I think they were the best part of this team this season. We'll continue this series on Monday. I hope you have a good holiday weekend. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for listening to Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.